1: on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. And if you talk to the veterinarians, I talk to many and they tell me that they don't even have raisins and grapes in the house. Like it's an outside the house snack because it is so dangerous and you often are because they're so small right like you drop the child drops one or two raisins that can be extremely toxic and it can cost the dog life
0: hey there i'm katie ferraro registered dietitian college nutrition professor and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning here on the baby led weaning made easy podcast i help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Dear dog people, do you let your dogs in and around where your baby is eating when they start solid foods? And do you love the idea of having your dog clean up after your baby has made their requisite baby-led weaning mess. If you are a dog person, you might be familiar with Dominica from Dog Meets Baby. She's our guest today. She's going to be talking about baby foods that your dog should never eat. I'm fascinated by Dominica's world. People who know me know that I'm not an animal person. I don't actively dislike animals. I just don't like them. But I know you guys love animals, and I get so many tags, pictures, DMs, about your dogs really loving baby led weaning. And for the most part, Dominica is going to share that what you're doing is totally safe, but she's also sharing some ideas about four different categories of foods that are definite no-nos for dogs and why. So with no further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Dominica from Dog Meets Baby, talking about baby foods that your dog should never eat.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I know
0: you do podcast interviews all the time. You have like such a unique niche of like baby plus dog stuff. And I was like, we have covered babies and dogs in the past. We had a veterinarian mom who was also in our 101st Foods program come on, but it's been a long time. So I want to get a refresher on everything we need to know. But before we start, could you tell us about your background? How did you come to specialize in this very unique area that you found yourself on in the internet?
1: I've been a dog trainer for a long time, since 2008, and I I have always worked with families. And then I had my kids, and my dog had a very scary reaction that's very rare to my children, very predatory. And once everything ended up well, it got me thinking, what if other people are in the same situation? And I started working more with families, and then the pandemic hit, and I started Dog Meets Baby.
0: So what do you do at Dog Meets Baby? What sort of services do you provide?
1: I focus on preparing and training or helping the parents prepare and train dogs for the life after baby, once the baby joins, and also how to introduce a child to the baby um, and a baby to the dog the right way so it's safe. Um, So they know the steps. And in case there is a similar situation to mine, they know what to do or they can recognize the dangers. And then once the baby becomes mobile, that's when actually many problems start. And I would say most people reach out to me before they have the baby and once the baby's mobile.
0: So do you offer courses then? I was looking like pre-baby is like how to get your dog kind of ready. But then once the baby's here, does stuff totally change? I am not a dog person by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. So i I'm, yeah. I'm it's very foreign to me.
1: Yeah. It's, so it's pre-baby. We are preparing the dog for it for life with the baby, but of course, you cannot train before you have the baby with the actual baby. So many things change when the baby starts moving. And to many dogs, this is the scary moment. And of course, the child not being verbal and, and being a young toddler or older infant does not follow any directions at this age. And they are very grabby and they're very curious as they should be. And dogs don't really find it amusing. And that's when there are problems.
0: So I'm a dietitian. I teach about baby-led weaning. A lot of the families in our community have dogs and they say they love this idea that, oh, the dog can just come over and clean up after the baby. But I'm also aware, even as a non-dog person, that there's lots of human foods that dogs should not eat. So could you share some best practices for families who have babies and they're starting solid foods? There's food dropping on the floor because the baby doesn't know what to do with it yet. Should the dog be allowed to come in, clean it up or not?
1: That's a great question. So many people are very excited about this, and I would say the dogs are very excited about this new phase. And from a trainer's point of view, that's a great bonding experience. Food, of course, is a no-brainer. It's a it's a p- very positive association with the baby, but it's also a very unique situation because the baby is stuck in the high chair and drops that food or the dog comes over and licks the food off their hands. And the dog learns that it's a very predictable situation, it's a very productive area, and it's safe. And many people assume that that the moment the baby, they will start solids, that's when the dog is going to start loving the baby. Not quite, because a baby out of high chair with no food is still scary to many dogs. I just wanted to throw it out there because it's a it's a common myth. And many people are very surprised that it's not the way it is. Now, how to do it, it does depend on several factors. So many followers, many clients, they start out the way I do, that you're very excited about it and it's such a fun thing. Your child is dropping that food, your dog is cleaning that food, and the floor is clean. Of course, that that's a big plus. But what starts happening is that the child starts feeding the dog more and more. <laughs> They're eating less and less. The dog starts becoming more pushy and just starts grabbing the food. To a point where some dogs, if they are able to reach, they will just eat it off the high chair, or they will jump up and try to get it. Or if you have multiple dogs, unfortunately, the food dropped on the floor, that can cause fights. The dogs will start fighting over it. Some dogs become so extreme that they decide that this is their area, and even when the baby is not there... If they see that someone is approaching this area, they are protective of it. So it become, it can be quite dangerous. It can be innocent, annoying, where the dog is just being more pushy. Or sometimes dogs bark. They just bark at the child, just drop more. And it, the demand barking, of course, drives everyone crazy. So what most people end up doing is that after the, let's see how fun it is, how great it is, people start having roles. So the dog is... While the child is eating, the dog is behind a baby gate. The dog stays on the dog bed. They're trained to do so. The dog is outside. The dog is in the crate. Generally, they're not allowed to clean up until the baby's done eating.
0: Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So, Dominica, give me some examples of specific foods that babies might be eating, right? We're doing baby-led weaning. They're eating real whole pieces of soft food. It falls on the floor. What are the ones that like definitely the dog shouldn't eat that could be a danger to the dog?
1: Yes. So, I would divide it into four categories, and the one that's really really scary is the foods that are not dose dependent. So, the dog can eat a very tiny amount and it can be lethal. And those are raisins, and grapes, and xylitol. So anything like, well, typically it could be in chewing gum. I'm guessing the the kids are not going to have chewing gum at this age, but it can be in peanut butters, in jello.
0: Like the sugar alcohol xylitol, like it's in, in tons of sugar-free foods. Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Okay.
1: And honestly, we we wouldn't
0: offer those foods to babies, but with the grapes and the raisins, for sure. And also, we also point out that sometimes those foods are laying around on the floor. And in the case of a baby, you know, foods like raisins or hard candy, the other child would pick it up in the house, an older kid, and then give it to the baby, just trying to share. And so I could see those foods being around. So raisins and grapes, even a small amount could be lethal to the dog.
1: Yes. So there was actually a breakthrough. There was a research recently, and now they finally discovered after 20 years of, of a mystery, why they are so toxic, that it's a tartaric acid that is in and it can also be in a, in a homemade play-doh so it's it's something that is used in in other products and that's what's very toxic to dogs and the reason why it's so scary and if you talk to the veterinarians I talk to many and they tell me that they don't even have raisins and grapes in the house like it's an outside the house snack because it is so dangerous and you often are because they are so small right like you drop the child drops one or two raisins that can be extremely toxic and it can cost the dog life. So they don't even have it at home.
0: So the first one, non-dose dependent foods like raisins and grapes, because in small amounts, they can be lethal. What's the next category? Yeah, so
1: the other one is, this is the choking hazard. And the one that comes up all the time, it's corn. It's the corn cob. And some dogs will grab it from the trash can. Some dogs, you know, the child will give it to the dog or the, the dog will steal it. And that can cause obstruction. And it happens so much. I was not aware until I, I launched Dog Meets Baby. I just saw those messages people are sharing with me. Please tell everyone, please tell everyone, this is what happened to my dog. It was a very expensive surgery. My, my dog almost didn't make it. It's so common that the dog will eat it and then it gets stuck. And the other one is the muffin wrappers or the cupcake wrappers, the dog will eat it. And again, it gets stuck.
0: Okay, the next category of foods that you don't recommend, number three?
1: We have the, the toxic and it's choking hazard. So that is, I would say with kids, it's probably less common, but it's, if you give your child avocado, and you know, my kids were born in California, that was their first food, avocado. So if you give them avocado and you live, you you have the avocado pit around and the dog grabs it, That can be both toxic and can cause an obstruction. So it's not so much the avocado, even if a lot of times you will find it online, but sounds like the vets are not really too worried about it. It's the avocado pit. And then we have the the pits or the seeds of apricot, cherry, plum. So when you give your child fruit, just remember that the seeds or the, the pits have to be removed safely.
0: Okay. And then the fourth
1: category? And then the fourth category, it's toxic, but not dose dependent, which means that it's, if a dog eats a little bit, they might be okay. Uh, but if they eat a lot, that can cause problems. And that would be chocolate, which, you know, I don't know how many young kids eat chocolate. It's the dark chocolate. Those are the onions, the garlic, the walnuts, macadamia nuts, any salty snacks or starfruit.
0: Why star fruit?
1: I don't know. <laughs> it's on this list too. So it's like, it's there are many, many products that can, if the dog eats too much, they can cause an upset tummy. And of course, the size of the dog matters or any medical conditions, right? Like if it's a puppy or an older dog, they might be affected much more than an 80 pound healthy boxer. It's always good to, there are free apps that you can go online. The ASPCA has one and you can look up what your dog ate and see how toxic it is. You can put in the amount and then they will tell you and the, and your dog's weight, and then you will know what you need to do. You can just like relax, watch your dog, or you should rush to your dog to the emergency veterinarian. And there is a poison line that you can call. Um, you can always call your veterinarian. It's always good to double check with a specialist if your dog ate something and you were not sure.
0: Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. So Dominica, one thing we teach about is the importance of creating a distraction-free feeding environment when your baby is learning how to eat. A lot of this is about needing the baby to focus, to pay attention, helps reduce the choking risk. I'm curious to know with your own twins, when they were starting Solid Foods, did you let animals around during mealtimes or did you keep them separate?
1: Um, when we started, I had one dog and we I was not doing the board and train. Board and train is when you have other dogs at your house for training. So I mostly had one, just my one dog. And we lived in one bedroom, <laughs> a small one bedroom at that time. So basically my setup was kid in the high chair, kid in the high chair, and then the dog was on her dog bed, very well-trained. Now, she's still well-trained, but not like we let her clean a little bit more at this point. But she was just waiting there. And if this was something that she could eat, I was letting her clean up. Now, she became a little bit more pushy once we moved to a different house and then we started having other dogs around. And then she lost the privileges. So she was removed. I was using a baby gate, a retractable baby gate. She had to wait. And then if if this was something she could have, I was letting her clean up.
0: So you teach courses about helping families to integrate their dogs into their growing families. What are some tips for the pre-starting solid foods phase? Like we haven't started yet, baby's four or five months of age. We talk to parents about pre-feeding skills, like get your baby comfortable sitting in the high chair. And there's different oral development tools that you can use. Or we do breast milk popsicles. Is there anything that you can do with your dog, kind of the equivalent of a pre-feeding skill for your dog to get them used to this next phase that's coming with the baby.
1: That's such a great idea. I never really approached it this way, but I always tell parents that when we train before we have the baby, one of the things I really want the parents to focus on is to be able to tell your dog where you want them to be. So go to bed, right? Like go to crate or go to couch and stay there until we call you off. And that is something that um, you practice before you have the baby. But I do recommend that we practice this before the baby starts getting mobile. And this is equally important for the solids for eating foods, because you really want to be able to direct your dog (laughs) and you want them to listen. And the other thing is because we prepare them for the mobile baby phase and many mobile babies are Scary to dogs initially, so I want the dog to be comfortable behind a gate. So again, this will be useful for the solids because I do agree it's it's very distracting to have dogs around, but there's it can also be dangerous because the dog can really become protective of that space, and I never want a situation when the dog is protective of the high chair and the baby crawls out there, and that's when something happens. And I I had clients that that's the reason why we work together. And there was no even food like that, you know, they can become protective when there is no food involved. So you really want to be, you want to have rules.
0: When the baby is eating, do you have any tips for families that are in like the same situation as you? Maybe there's a twin mom. She's got babies in the high chair, small space, the dogs around there. Like, How can you manage both animals and babies in a busy household when you're at that six month mark and your baby is starting solid foods?
1: Yes, so if your dog is trained and, and will stay on the dog bed, use the training. If your dog is not trained enough, while you feed your kids, you can feed your dog. And but of course, if you give the food in a in a bowl, they are going to eat it most dogs really fast. And then what's next? So you can use puzzle toys. There are many puzzle toys for dogs. The, the one that's very popular, most dog parents have it or know about it. It's a conch. So you can put... Things in a conk, you can make a peanut butter conch. It's like a staple in almost every house. So you can give it to your dog while you feed your kids. And this way your, your dog is busy. If your dog is crate trained, you can put them in the crate. If you have a baby gate or you have some sort of exercise pen, you can either put your kids in it or you can put your dog in it. So depending on what's more useful. Some people really like to put the dogs outside because if they are behind a baby gate, they tend to bark. But if they are outside, they are not really disturbing anyone. So that's another option.
0: Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Besides baby lead weaning, what other type of podcasts do you like to listen to? Well, if you're into true crime and you also dig traveling, I want to tell you about a new podcast you are going to love. The new podcast is called Slaycation. And it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that all take place on vacation. So the show is hosted by a true crime fanatic and her comedy writer husband, and he has a TV producing partner. So Slaycation brings a totally unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, what the heck stories of vacations gone horribly wrong from the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, who's Romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff. To Angelica and Vincent, their two recently engaged lovebirds, whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended up underwater. Every episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder. But it's not just the stories that will intrigue you. I think you're gonna love the discussion between the longtime married couple and the business partners. They also happen to be an Emmy-nominated TV producers. Every episode of Slaycation also includes humor and takeaway and travel tips that are going to keep your next family vacation from becoming your last. So if you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Dominica, this has been hugely helpful. I really appreciate your expertise. Tell us more about the courses that you offer and where our audience can go to learn more if they want to check out your work and work with
1: you. So if you are expecting a baby, the courses are on my website, dogmeetsbaby.expert. And there are two courses where you can get them. You can get them separately or as a bundle to prepare, train, and introduce the dog to the baby. And I have a new course coming out and that is a toddler course. And there will be a crash course, how to prepare the dog for the mobile baby face. And we're also going to talk about the solid foods.
0: And that's all on dogmeetsbaby.expert.
1: What's your Instagram? It's dogmeets underscore baby.
0: Awesome. And I have a question. I know you guys are traveling and, and moving around. Do you You obviously take your twins, but do you take your animals with you when you travel as well?
1: Yes. Yes. Well, right now we, it's, it's a longer stay abroad. So we, uh, we brought our dog Lola from San Francisco and we also got a puppy. So now we have two dogs, but yeah, if when we move back, they're definitely coming with us.
0: That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Dominica from Dog Beats Baby. I think it's so cool that she's able to travel and do her online business. She's got her twins with her. She's traveling with her dogs. So much wonderful information in that interview, but I know she's got a lot more on her website, dogmeetsbaby.expert. I'll link up all of the resources that she mentioned in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at blwpodcast.com forward slash 332. And a special thanks to our partners at Airwave Media. If you guys like a podcast that features food and science and using your brain, check out some of the other podcasts from Airwave. We're online at blwpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and
1: Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new
0: classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.